The Auburn Tigers add another player at a key position of need. Listen, put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with Bears, and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, a live edition. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first or second, maybe third. Listen, every single day as we're putting up a bunch of shows the day before the early signing day opens. And Auburn got some exciting, exciting news as I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Elijah McAllister, the edge defensive end, um, commits. Commits, he took an official visit this past weekend. And boy, um, Auburn doesn't have a whole lot of bodies. Really, with the exception of Dylan Brooks, there's not a whole lot of guys that, that can play edge at an SEC level on this team. So let me know in the live comments your thoughts on Elijah McAllister. An edge from Vandy listed at 6'6", 230 pounds. He's got that length. I, I'd like him to be heavier at 6'6", but... It is what it is, and like I said, Auburn just needs bodies. We're going to say that over and over again. Auburn just needs bodies to play in that defensive front seven. You like transfers to have multiple years of eligibility. That is not the case with McAllister. According to a report at on3auburnlive.com, they wrote that he has one year left of eligibility, which makes sense. He was a redshirt freshman in 2018, and then he opted out of the 2020 season. Actually, I'm not going to say that. He didn't play in the 2020 season. I believe he opted out, but I'm not positive on that. I'm not positive on that. Um, and so he played three seasons. And across those three seasons, he played in 34 games. And he had 65 total tackles, six and a half for a loss, and two and a half sacks. So that's kind of who he is. He's a longer player. His first step from the limited amount of tape that I've been able to watch Um is fine, and I think that's kind of it. I think this is a role-player edge guy who brings some experience and kind of partially fills the hole that Derek Hall and Eculiota and Marcus Bragg left behind them. You certainly need more <laughs> edge guys. I think Auburn's probably hoping that they can add more edge guys, specifically Keldrick Falk, in the early signing day uh, period tomorrow. And so we'll have to see. I see somebody asking, LC is asking, how do I think it affects Falk? I don't think it does. I don't think it does at all. Um, I think they can both play. And in fact, I think they will both play because I believe Auburn will land Falk tomorrow. Um, we'll see if I'm right or wrong about that. Um, I don't think it impacts any recruiting guys. I, I don't think it impacts any of the high school recruiting that's happening tomorrow. So um, you you guys asking about Quay Rousseau and, and Smith, I, I don't think it impacts them. This is a guy with one year left of eligibility. Maybe that was strategic on Hugh Freeze's part and Coach Roberts's part um, as far as kind of strategizing what they want this defense to look like. That certainly makes sense. But this is very similar to the Marcus Bragg edition last year, where like, this is a guy like, okay, you got one more year of experience. He spent his whole career at Vanderbilt, and now he wants to kind of take it up a notch 
and uh, and play at Auburn, which I think is um, which I think is good. But that's kind of who he is, right? And so he he announced it on Twitter. He said it's time to get back to playing that brand of Auburn football that we know and love. Committed hashtag War Eagle Psalms thirty seven five, and he posted the official graphic committed, um, which the Auburn graphic team did a really good job at. So there's a lot to like about this, but I don't think the upside of this is very high. I think the floor is really solid. I think he's a rotational player because Auburn's going to need to play three or four ends, and I, I don't think he's the best edge. On this roster, like I think Dylan Brooks is probably in a better situation right now than Elijah McAllister. But regardless, you need more than Dylan Brooks, right? And I think ideally Dylan Brooks isn't even your guy. I think that's the goal here. Um, but it is what it is so far. This uh all right. Let let's I'll answer other questions in a second, guys. Let's stay on Elijah McAllister for a few minutes and then we'll we'll transition and, and rotate to to general questions. But the size at 6'6", 230, I'd love for him. I mean, he's got time. He's got time to put 10, 15 pounds on. Now, is that all going to be good weight? I don't know. You don't want him to lose any of his step. But I think with the defense that Auburn's going to run next year, a little bit more of a three-man front. And so I think these edge guys are going to play more linebacker. They're going to be a little bit more stand-up and kind of similar to what we saw... um, like Carl Lawson do, maybe a little bit of Jeff Holland. And so we will see what that looks like in this defense. But I think these edge players are going to be technically playing outside linebacker in this new front, which could be good, which could be good. JC, you're saying he think you think he's 265 pounds. I was going off of on three's website. Let's see what, let's see what Vanderbilt had him listed at. Um, I guess I probably should have double checked, but usually on threes all over it. He okay, great. Vanderbilt says he's six six, two hundred and sixty five pounds. That makes me feel so much better about this. Thank you for saying something, JC. That's great. That's outstanding. So yeah, that means you can leave him in on early downs if you need him. Um, means he's going to be more effective in stopping the run because he's not going to be able to. He's you know if if you're if you're 230, you're going to be pushed off the line, right? And so that at 260, that gives you a lot more strength, a lot more ability to anchor, which is which is what you want for some of these uh, some of these guys. Now, JC, you were right on time. Thank you for saying something. That's great. That's great. That makes me feel a lot better about it. Actually, I, I still think that's the biggest question mark with Dylan Brooks is can he fill out his frame? And so Elijah McAllister, his frame is developed, which makes sense. He's been playing college football. What, for five seasons now, if you count um, the 2020 season where he didn't play and where he redshirted in 18? I mean, he's, he's been in a, an SEC, barely, with Vandy, but he's been in an SEC weight room for a minute, and so you, you would hope he would weigh more than that. So that is great. That is great, great news. Hunter, you're exactly right. 6'6", 265 pounds. You've got to like that. There's a lot to like about that. And... He's got one year left, so like you don't have to worry about you know if he doesn't get enough playing time. Like he he's gone at the end of the year anyway. You don't have to re-recruit him or anything like that. And so, if he's your third edge, I think that should be Auburn's goal. Can Elijah McAllister be Auburn's third edge um, going into the season? To me, that's the biggest thing because if you can have if Dylan Brooks is the guy, it's fine. We'll see what that looks like, and maybe. 
maybe Dylan Brooks' smaller frame will be fine in this outside linebacker role that we're going to see Ron Roberts' defense run. But, um, sorry, I'm trying to keep up with y'all's, y'all's live chats to make sure I'm covering everything. But, yeah, I, I, I like this. I like this. So, if you could, here's a question for the live chat. If Auburn went into the 2023 season with the edge rushers being Dylan Brooks, Elijah McAllister, and Keldrick Falk, on a scale of 1 to 10, how good do you feel? About it. I'm seeing a lot of y'all say Quay Russo. I don't think Auburn's getting Quay Russo. I just don't. I hope I'm wrong. I really, really hope I'm wrong. But on a scale of 1 to 10, how confident are you? 10 being the most confident. How confident are you if Auburn went into the season with Elijah McAllister, Keldrick Falk, assuming they get Keldrick Falk tomorrow, flip him from FSU, and then Dylan Brooks, who's probably the favorite to start right now. Wizard of Waz says 5. I think that's kind of where I'm at. Jackson says seven. Evan says seven. Brian says six and a half. I think I would say five. Daryl Daprich, friend of the show. Daryl, let me know if you want to hop on. Uh, Daryl is a five on a scale of one to ten. Needs two more edges for depth. Daryl, I, I think I agree with you. I'm going to leave that one up there for a second. Gracie says zero. I wouldn't go that far, Gracie. I wouldn't go that far. Uh, P-Pat says seven. Um, LC says eight. Frederick says six. So we're kind of all over the place. On this, I think I agree with Daryl in the sense that you need a little bit more. You need another guy, but still, I, I think all in all, you're gonna be okay with um with that. I mean, but we saw how important that is, like when Ekuliota went down. Right? We always thought, okay, well, it's just gonna be Derek Hall and Ekuliota, Derek Hall and Ekuliota, and then Leota goes down. Thankfully, they added Marcus Bragg, and boy, Marcus Bragg was such a pleasant surprise. Can Elijah McAllister be better than Marcus Bragg was? And up to this point in his college career, like I, if you guys were watching back when we added Marcus Bragg, I did a live show that night and I was looking at his stuff and it's like, I don't think he's that good of a player. He played really, really high, but then in his role at Auburn, like he was really solid. So maybe, uh, maybe Auburn's defensive front can help Elijah McAllister out. I think the tape that McAllister has up right now is better than what Marcus Bragg had at Western Kentucky. And so it's like, if, if, uh, sorry, I'm trying to pull up his PFF numbers at the same time that I'm talking, but if, if we got another Marcus Bragg, like this is a great hire or a great pickup. That's kind of what I'm thinking. So I'm seeing more sevens, more sixes. What would be your best front, three or four? Well, Auburn has a bunch of big bodies. So probably a four-man front, but I just don't think we're going to get that. I think they're going to run the scheme that they want to run. So, all right, I'm having to scroll down for his PFF numbers. That's not always a good sign. Okay, I must have missed it. Oh, I did miss it. All right, so let's look at some analytics. Elijah McAllister, he was sixth among all defensive players at Vandy this past season. His overall grade was a 66.9. His rush defense was a 67. His pass rush was a 59. That's not great. And his coverage was a 66, but he only played two coverage snaps. He only played two coverage snaps. So this is a guy that's going to play close to the line of scrimmage, or that's how he's been used so far. 
Um, folks are asking for you, Daryl. So I'm going to send Daryl. I'm texting you the link. Just hop on whenever you want, dude. Um, he played 258 total snaps. Let's see where he lined up because I think that's always telling. Where did Elijah McAllister line up specifically? All right, so snaps by position. So they moved him along the edges, and he also played. He also played a lot of special teams, which is useful. So I mean, this is a true edge guy. This is a true edge guy that has experience in the SEC, right? And even though Vandy's not super great, he has played against the same teams that Auburn's going to be playing um, this season. Let's bring in Daryl Daprich. Hello, my friend. Your initial thoughts, Elijah McAllister, Auburn's newest edge transferring from Vandy. Well, I'll tell you, it's perfect timing. Had the opportunity to listen to your the podcast this morning with Charlie Five and Really, it's amazing. A lot of the conversation was edge and that position, and that being the biggest position of need. You guys talking about Dylan Brooks, and then uh, you know, really, I think Joe uh, Joe Willis going into the portal. So it was pretty prophetic that that's really what I think Auburn needed and needed quickly. And I think too, Zach, it's very difficult. I know the the Kedrick Falk talk is good. Love to get him. Want to see him flip. Yeah. I just think it's I just think it's hard for a freshman edge to come in and, and provide anything other than depth unless he's a real, real high freak of nature. So I think your guys they're gonna come in and give immediate playing time are gonna have to be portal guys like Echo Leota was for Auburn. And for people that are concerned about McAllister's numbers, I would remind them to to look at Echo's numbers at Northwestern and how modest they were as well. The right coach in the right situation can really upgrade performance, in my opinion. Do you think, and I'm trying to put myself in the same spot that I was when Marcus Bragg committed. That was over the summer, right? Correct. Um, And I think Elijah McAllister is better than what Marcus Bragg was at that time. And Marcus Bragg really surprised me last year. And so if you could get a Marcus Bragg level of production out of Elijah McAllister, I think this is a win. I do too, and I think for uh, first of all, you can't coach the body dimensions and the size that the kid has. And I think yep. again, I know that people get concerned when they anytime they see regression in a player, and we we saw that he was really good as a freshman. Keep in mind, he didn't play as it, during the COVID year, and then I saw some film immediately after he was announced his uh, commitment. I looked at some film from some Vanderbilt writers that talked about how counted on how highly counted on he was going to be last year coming off injury. So I think, unless I'm wrong, he sat out 2020 because of COVID, was right. hurt in 2021. I think people need to keep that in consideration, too, is that, you know, the, the regression part of it could be due to factors that are beyond his control. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder what Donovan Kaufman thinks of this. You know, I wonder if there's an opportunity for someone to reach out to him. He would have to know him better than anybody on that Auburn roster right now. And I wonder if think... he was I wonder if he was consulted, right? I wonder if he was if he gave a little feedback. So that could be something that I think uh is is to consider. Donovan Kaufman would know all about this kid. Yeah, they would have played they would have overlapped. Well, would they? Because Donovan was wasn't Donovan a true freshman in twenty twenty? 
Well, we got Donovan Kaufman in 2021, so he did play in 2020. So I guess he wouldn't because if he sat out because of the COVID situation while Kaufman was playing, he would not have been able to see him up close and personal. Just depends how involved he was despite acting out, I guess, or not playing. But I guess he would know of him because of roster management and familiarity with the roster uh, more than anybody else. Yep. Yep. Daryl, you going to stick around for a few? Sure, I'll be glad to. Cool. Absolutely. All right. Um, we'll circle back. And if you got if anybody has any questions specifically about Elijah McAllister, let us know. Y'all seem way more interested in transfer quarterback talk right now. So we'll do that. We'll do that. Um, several of you guys asking about McCall. I don't think McCall is an option at Auburn. I hope I'm wrong. I think he'd be a great fit in Hugh Freeze's offense. And I think culturally he'd fit in really well. But it sounds like academics is a big thing. And that's not me saying McCall's grades are bad. It's Every, every semester, you have to have a certain percentage of credits go toward getting you closer to graduating. And he is a sports management uh, – he's in the sports management program, and Auburn doesn't have a sports management program, which is stupid. Like, that's dumb. That should be changed five years ago. But so all of his, tra- all of his credits don't transfer, so he has less hours. And so that's, that's where we are with that. And like, I don't know if there's, I don't think there's a way you can get around that, Daryl. So for all the folks that want McCall, I think McCall wants to be at Auburn, but I I just don't think it's going to be possible. The progress towards degree, the PTD acronym that they give has really bitten Auburn in the butt before. You talked about it on the show yesterday, the Desi Seals, Arkansas transfer. But there's been some other guys behind the scenes from a football standpoint that really hasn't even been made public that progress towards degree Bit Auburn. So I think the biggest thing about this is maybe, I mean, there's just not an opportunity to get this changed in time to get him on campus. But I would hope this would be fuel for the fire or an accelerator to for Auburn to look at this and say, all right, everything else we want to do in the SEC realm, we're trying to keep up with the Joneses. We get a phenomenal state-of-the-art football facility. We're really doing great with NIL with On to Victory. Another piece of this puzzle is to quit freaking losing kids to other schools because you don't offer degrees that most every university in America offers. So if you want to get serious and compete with the big boys, I think this is another brick, right, in in, in the building of this. I'm with you. I'm with you. You got a lot of bricks over at that new athletics department. Go grab one and figure this out. Exactly. All right. A lot of talk about Leary. Leary is probably going to Kentucky. And I don't think that has anything to do with like Auburn not doing something. Everyone I spoke to that would have knowledge of the situation in regards to Leary's official visit this past weekend for the Tigers. I actually don't, I'm not positive if it was an official visit or not, but his visit, he left. Everybody at Auburn thought they knocked it out of the park with Leary. But I think when it comes down to it, I think the Leary to Kentucky thing is two things, Daryl. And let me know if you're hearing something different than what I'm about to say. Uh-huh. But but I think one of it, the main thing is NIL. It sounds like Kentucky's offering north of three quarters of a million dollars, more than I, I think that I, I saw a number was like eight ten to eight fifty, something like that. Be hard for me to turn that down. And then two, it sounds like he's pretty enamored with what they did with Will Levis, and I think they're similar quarterbacks. They're both bigger guys. They both got big arms. They're both you know able to make plays with their feet. And so I, I think that was a big part of it. I think it's those two things. I, I'm hearing the same things. I'm hearing the NIL money, and that's something. I mean, Auburn is in a situation, too, where Kentucky doesn't have a returning starter at quarterback. 
Uh, say what you want about Robbie Ashford, but Auburn does. I mean, the guy that started most of the season last year is coming back next year. So that's a little bit of a, a different situation from an urgency standpoint. Now, I, I sense high urgency for Auburn to get a portal quarterback. I just don't think the urgency is as great as it is at a place that does not have a experienced starter coming back. So that's first and foremost why I think Leary – is like you said, looking at what Kentucky's done with Levis, looking at the NIL money. That I don't, th- I don't think. I'm just speculating that Auburn would want to match that because they're not as desperate. The second point of of being not so desperate in the Leary scenario and putting all your eggs in one basket is maybe just maybe Auburn's quarterback that they're going to get in the portal isn't in the portal yet, and that's why we just need to be patient and sit back after bowl season. There's quarterbacks that do not want to announce they're going into the portal and then go play in a bowl game. They'll wait till after they play their bowl game. Just pure speculation. The Pratt kid from Tulane is one of them. Uh, Brennan Armstrong from Virginia is still out there in the portal and is, is rated pretty high in some aspects. So I would just pump the brakes a little bit. I don't think the desperation needs to reach the panic level that maybe it is at Kentucky because Kentucky doesn't have – a, a guy with significant st- snaps returning to play quarterback for them where Auburn does. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be shocked if, is it Michael Pratt? That's his name. Yeah. The two lane yeah. quarterback, My, Michael Pratt. That's right. Yeah. It sounds like Hugh freeze really likes him and his stats are pretty good. I don't know how much better he is than what we have, but pull up the central Florida tape in the AAC championship game and tell me that, uh, if you're an Auburn fan, you would be pretty excited to watch this kid under a Hugh Freeze offense. Yeah, I um, I'm not, I'm not as low on Robbie as most people. I think Robbie, within the confines of a system that makes sense, could be decent. And I think he was playing through a lot. Now, I do question durability. I question the dur. dur- so, like, you got to bring somebody else in regardless and let him compete. So, I'm not saying don't bring a quarterback in. Please, please don't. Please, please understand me correctly on this, but. Um, I, I don't think like missing out on Leary or McCall is this massive, massive thing. And I also don't think either of them are like a big black eye for, for Hugh Freeze or Auburn. I think they're both situations that is somewhat out of Auburn's control. I mean, Auburn could offer more money uh, because Auburn has more NIL money than Kentucky, but if they don't think it's worth it, they don't think it's worth it. No, and I think it's – I agree with you 100%. I don't want anyone to misconstrue that. I don't think Auburn needs to go get a transfer portal quarterback as well. Sure. One, preferably, that can come in and start right away and upgrade it to position. Ideally, that's what you would want if you want to compete uh, at this level. And then you let Robbie sit a year and develop more under the Hugh Free system, play behind this guy, and then be mm-hmm. ready to go his junior year. So, yeah, I mean, I want one just as bad as anybody else. But you've got to also remember – you know, you got to get some linemen. You've got some some other positions of need, more edge players, and NIL money can only stretch so far. So you don't want to be top heavy at one position when you've got to spread it out a little bit. Yeah, and if 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 Honda Victory is operating off thirteen million, I just I don't think a quarterback is worth a thirteenth of that when you have to pay like four right. or five different sports. And, and you've so, got a lot of other positions in need. Like I said, I mean you you got guys, you got a transfer portal running back that's looking to be leaning towards Auburn. You got some offensive tackles. Uh you better get some linebackers. You better get some defensive some edge guys. So 
all those needs have to be filled, and I think you got to just spread the love around a little bit. Now, again, they're gonna they're gonna place high priority on a quarterback, and there is mm-hmm. gonna be a quarterback if we get one in the portal. The NIL money, I think, will be good, and it will be something that's, that's sure. of high value. But you can't put all of them, you know, in that position. Uh, for folks in the live chat, if you have non-quarterback questions or comments, hit us up. Anything about early signing day or guys you want to flip? That'd be um, that'd be great. For the folks joining us late that clicked on uh, the thumbnail, Elijah McAllister has joined. We, we think he's going to have a good impact as far as depth. I don't know if the upside is tremendous, but 6'6", 265, as we discussed earlier, Daryl, you, you want that on your roster, especially when your projected starter at edge is Dylan Brooks, who's a little bit on the smaller side, and hopefully his frame fills out this offseason. But... You need bodies. You need bodies across the whole front seven, and especially at the edge position. And to me, it's a win, regardless of what he's done so far. But in his three seasons that he's played, he's been in college football for five seasons, but he's played in three. 65 total tackles, six and a half for a loss, and two and a half sacks. And, any, and you know, anytime something like this happens, I think the assumption is, oh, Auburn's done. They're not. I mean, if you're building depth, you've got to build depth one player at a time. And you've got to take that first step by adding that first player at that position. So Auburn needing depth and needing bodies, it's not like it's just a warm body. This is a guy that's competed in the SEC. Now you try to go out and get two or three more. But to provide depth, you got to start somewhere. you got to start yep. with one body. And this is a good one because it's somebody that has SEC experience. And again, I think it's going to be hard to find your starting edge or your other edge opposite Dylan Brooks from the high school ranks, you might, I mean, there might be, you know, fault could be that dude uh, where he comes in and immediately makes an impact. But even then you better have somebody to play alongside him or behind him. As we saw, remember at the end of the year, Zach, how often our defensive linemen were going down. I mean, it was just, it was really yeah. scary how they were getting hurt. So the depth is very important. All right. We got a comment here. Uh, from Celtic Knot, he says, I know Elijah personally. Nothing makes any different to most, but he's a really great guy. He's going to want to make a difference in the community. Will fit really well in Auburn. Good. Good. I'd rather have really great guys than, than not. So that's awesome. Uh, several folks asking about Tony Mitchell, if he will flip tomorrow. Of all the like flip candidates, Daryl, that's probably the one I'm least confident about. Like I feel much better about Keldrick Falk. I feel much better about Kane Lee. Um, Mitchell's probably the one I'm least confident in. He's a safety currently committed to Alabama. And I think if it was just down to Alabama and Auburn, I would just have enough reservation because of the history there, right? We all have PTSD when it comes to those flips. Uh, but when you throw Texas A&M into the mix now, allegedly, a third team, sure, it just makes it even more the anxiety level go up a little bit more. Uh, a lot of people are still sticking to that, that Auburn's the one to worry about, national writers and that kind of thing. I just think that when you start getting other teams added into the mix, other players that come into play here, it, it concerns me mm-hmm. as well because now now there's, there's more um, threats, so to speak, with more teams being put into, put into play here. All right, well, uh, we'll go on for a, a few more minutes. i got a few more questions here. Sure. Uh, if you're watching, please click that subscribe button. We're really trying to get to 9,000 subs on YouTube before the end of the year. We're going to be cutting it close, so please help us get there if you're uh, tuned in now. And please like this video. It really helps the channel. Steven asking, how possible we get into the top 20 tomorrow? 
Daryl, I'd actually be a little surprised if we didn't get into the top I'd be disappointed. 20. I'd be disappointed if we didn't get into the top 20 tomorrow. I think, Stephen, that's a great question. And I think the, the uh, realistic goal should be to get in the top 15. And I've heard that there's an avenue that is not uh, a pie in the sky or unrealistic to get in top 15. I feel just just from a, you know, it's just fun to speculate. That's all mm-hmm. it is, is that when we wake up on Thursday morning, I feel really good about Auburn being in the top 15. And if they're not in the top 20, at least, I would be somewhat disappointed. There's a lot of dudes that we could land tomorrow. Tyler Scott, Kay and Lee. Braden Marshall, Keldrick Falk, Tony Mitchell, Isaiah Miller, Isaiah Jada, Eric Singleton. I mean, there, there's a lot of dudes where it's like, if you get most of those guys, which none of those are crazy, the Tony Mitchell one's probably the most far-fetched of all of those. And it's like, if you get most of those guys, like, it's done. Like, you're in the top 15. So. And keep in mind, too, patience for some – Auburn, those three of those dudes you just mentioned, Scott, um, Lee, and someone else has, has come out publicly now and said – they're going to sign a letter of intent privately tomorrow, but not announce where they were going sure. until the ceremony in February. So if you can't, if you cannot publicly uh, announce it, they may be the hay may be in the barn, and Auburn may be 19 on the public scale, but yeah. in re- realistically be 14 because they've already got these letter of intent. So that's something to watch too. Three of Auburn's top targets, Scott Lee, and someone else that are leaning Auburn will not announce until later on. Nick is asking about Terrence Love. Do you think he will sign with Auburn? I do. A story came out earlier today. Um, he went and visited Georgia Tech, but he said the Georgia Tech visit um, is not a factor. And I agree, by the way, again, with y'all's take this morning, you and Charlie Fives, that's a perfect candidate to go like Auburn used to do and add weight to a safety and put him at linebacker or the star position and let him go sideline to sideline and just be a freaking menace. I'm there with you. I'm there with you. All right. More folks asking about McCall. We touched on this earlier, but it's not going to work for academic reasons. We don't Auburn does not offer McCall's major. And so it's not going to work for progress towards degree purposes. And people asking about Leary Um, at this point, I would be shocked if he did not go to Kentucky. So, um, which of the Carver boys would you rather have, Daryl? Mine is Quay Rusaw, and it's actually not close. Rusaw, it's actually not close, and it's because of positional need and how he plays right. the position. So, yeah, I'd like to take both. I hate their link together, um, if it, you know. It, but if I had to choose one, it definitely Rusaw. Yep, I'm there with you. I'm there with you. Daryl, thanks for hopping in on this. Hey, no real problem. Quick. I enjoyed really it. I was watching it. the live chat. Wanted to get in there when I saw you were doing it. So. uh uh, great to do it, and it's going to be a fun – Merry Flipmas Eve, right? Tomorrow is going to be a fun, fun day. I, it's got the potential to be a, a very special day. There's no question nice about it. Exci- it's just nice being excited about it. Regardless of what – it's just nice to anticipate it. Yeah, no, not dread it. There's no question yeah. about it. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. Please like this video. Please subscribe to the channel. Help us get to 9,000 by the end of the year. This has been Locked on Auburn.